2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Let us pray. Brother Velez, would you ask the Lord's blessing, sir? Amen. My mother taught me a lot of things, someone said. I want to share with you some things mom taught me and see if you can relate to this. My mother taught me how to appreciate a job well done. She said, if you're going to kill each other, do it outside. I just finished cleaning. My mother taught me about religion. You better pray that that will come out of the carpet. My mother taught me about time travel. If you don't straighten up, I'm gonna knock you into the middle of next week. My mother taught me about logic. You ever learn these things from mom? Because I said so, that's why. My mother taught me about more logic. If you fall out of that swing and break your neck, you're not gonna go to the store with me. No one ever heard this? My mother taught me about foresight. Make sure you wear clean underwear. Just in case you get into an accident, right? You never heard that from your mom? My mother taught me about irony. Keep crying and I'll give you something to cry about. My mother taught me about osmosis. Shut your mouth and eat your supper. My mother taught me about contortionism. Will you look at that dirt on the back of your neck? <laughs> My mother taught me about stamina. You're going to sit there until that spinach is all gone. My mother taught me about hypocrisy. If I told you once, I told you a million times. Don't exaggerate. My mother taught me about the circle of life. I brought you into this world. And I could take you out. My mother taught me about anticipation. Just wait until we get home. My mother taught me about receiving. You're going to get it when we get home. <laughs> My mother taught me about medical science. If you don't stop crossing your eyes, they're going to get stuck that way. My mother taught me about humor. When that lawnmower cuts off your toes, don't come running to me. My mother taught me about genetics. You're just like your father. And my favorite, well, one of the favorites. My mother taught me about justice. One day you'll have kids, and I hope they turn out just like you. Actually, my, my favorite one, this is, this is one that I think was probably from both parents. My mother taught me about choice. Do you want me to stop this car? <laughs> this morning, using the word of God, 2 Timothy, God was, you know, moms are known. Moms are known for giving help, hope, and health to others, especially their kids. Help. Hope and health. Well, I'd like to preach on the thought of a message that really gives us the wisdom that God wants to give moms. Help, hope, and health. The same things that moms give to their children and give to the, the, the neighborhood and give to their husband, God wants to give to the mom. So I'd like to preach on the thought of a message, Mission Mom. And use that, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, excuse me, but of power, and of love, and of the sound mind. You see that Paul was preaching this to a preacher named Timothy. 
But he didn't say God has given you the spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. He said he gave it to us. So that the Bible said he gave it not only to Paul as well, but the Bible said as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that do what? Believe on his name. So the Bible says that first of all, there is help for moms. Moms are always there to help. Moms are there to dry crying eyes. Moms are there to wipe up uh, uh, the mess on the floor. Moms are there to change a dirty diaper. But don't you know that there's a God that one day is going to wipe away all the tears from our eyes. There is a God that came with his blood to wipe up all of our sin on the cross. There is a God that came to give us power. Now you get help. You get the power of God. Uh, I was remembering that there was, I heard a gunshot where I live. It sounded like a little gun, like a little 22, like a wannabe gangster was like firing up into the air. Pop! And I, I, I kind of saw it from the distance. So I told my wife and my daughter to, uh, to you know, go into the uh, safety, get some shelter, right? Didn't know what was going to happen. And I ran towards the, uh, the, the, the sound of that gunshot. I said, preacher, you're brave. No, no, no. Just so happened that my, my place where I stayed was just on the way. And I stopped off and I picked up my little friend. Well, little friend it is from Austria. His name is Herr Glock. So we said, preacher, what were you doing? Before I got to the problem... I needed some power. You know that when we have a problem in our life, brethren, there's a mission that God has for the moms to give us power and that God comes to give us help. The Bible says that Timothy had a spiritual genealogy. He uh, is written in 2 Timothy. Paul said in chapter 1, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee. You know how we get the power of God, moms? Through faith. The Bible said, which dwelt first, notice this, in thy grandmother, Lois. So there's a spiritual genealogy. Grandma got saved first. And in thy mother, Eunice. And am persuaded that in thee also. You know that some people think, well, I don't come from a perfect line. My dad didn't serve God. The Bible tells us about Timothy's dad in Acts chapter 16 and verse 1. Then he came, then came he to Derb and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, Timothy, uh, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewess and believed. But his father was a Greek. It doesn't say that dad contributed anything to his spiritual well-being. You know what? That gives us hope because you don't have to have both parents serving God, but you do have to have someone. In this case, it was a mom. It was a grandma that led Timothy to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That is where the help comes from. The psalmist said, my help cometh from the Lord. I need power. You think about the kind of faith that was passed on from a mother to another mother to a son. You know that I'm convinced that a mother like this, they have to be more interested. You know, baby Einstein. I think we even looked at some of that stuff when my daughter was a kid. But a mother who's godly is more interested having their children uh, more interested in knowing about the Bible than knowing how to speak another language. All I have to do is say one word to my daughter. She gets out. I say, children. She said, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. You got to know. You got to teach them the word of God before you teach them French and Spanish. Teach them how to know Jesus. The, the, this, this man said, uh, you know, a mom is more interested in her children's souls than in their body or their clothes. You should dress like this or you should dress like that. No, you should put on Jesus Christ. That's what the most important thing to dress up in. Whether you're a young man or a young woman, you need that mom who has the power, the help from God. They're more interested in their children's eternal life than their success in this life. 
my daughter uh, got a bad grade on something because she didn't receive some kind of like the spelling words. I think she got a 60% on it. Well, well, why, were, why did she not receive the words? We were at a church conference out of town. And there was miscommunication. And my daughter's like, well, I don't think I'm going to get all A's. I think I'm going to get a B. And I said, honey, it don't matter. I said, you just do your best. You see, when you get out of school, no one asks you what your grades are. But you know, there is going to be one thing that we have to decide in this life. And that's to have Jesus Christ as our Savior. You see, the faith that dwelt in Eunice and the faith that dwelt in Lois was passed down. You see, the greatest exam we need to pass is to get the help from Jesus Christ to give us power in our life to overcome the sin that's in our life. And it comes through faith in Jesus Christ. A mom is more concerned about her children's relationship with Jesus than the followers they have online. Children's standing is more important before God than their social status. What group do you want to belong to? I want to belong to the group of the blood-washed saints. I want to belong to the group that know Jesus Christ. There was a man that said one time, he found out I was a Christian. He goes, oh, a church boy, huh? I said, yes, I'm a church boy. And he said something like, oh, nothing wrong with that. No, there's not. Because God gave me power in my life to overcome me and you know that I'm thankful that God will give a mom power in her life to overcome anything she needs. The Bible says that wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God. You know what moms have to do is moms got to stir up their faith in God, rekindle that fire. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power? You know, moms, we don't need power. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19. We don't need power from, you know, Pilates. You know, Pilate, that's where it comes from. Pilate, the Pontius Pilate, means like uh, strong. But Pontius Pilate had no power over Jesus, except Jesus gave him that power. It was just for the cross, just for three days, where Jesus could get victory over sin. And Jesus could get power over not just sin, but power over death. You know, God has power over death. He has power, the Bible says. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power to us were moms who believe. Faith gives us entrance to God's help. According to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought or worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. You know, the Bible said he put all things under Jesus' feet. You know, this problem, I remember that uh, this man was preaching. He's uh, gone on to be with the Lord now, Reverend St. Clair. And he would say it's St. Clair, not Sinclair. St. Clair, right? But he was preaching and he took a pen and he wrote on the bottom of his shoe. And he showed me the bottom of his shoe. And uh, he's like, what is that? Uh, you know, I think he wrote the word devil or Satan on his shoe. And he goes, where's the devil? He said, he's un I said, it's under the foot. I should have said under your feet. But I didn't expect the preacher to stick his foot in my face with, you know, Satan written on the bottom. But you know what? You know, what? The, the, de the, the devil is under the church's feet. The Bible said that the devil is under the mom who believes his foot. That you don't have to contend with the devil. You can say, hey. The Lord rebuke you. I've got power. I've got help that comes from God. You see what moms need to do? We need to take God. I'm not a mom, right? We need to, someone I said, happy Mother's Day, and they said, you too. And I'm like, okay. You know, I believe in, anyway, so I'm not. I don't think I look like a mom, but I have a mom. Mom, take God's power. It'll give you help. You know that uh, sometimes a, a lady will get married, she'll look to her husband for help, and that'll last for what? Till the end of the honeymoon, You're like, that ain't gonna work. <laughs> but you know, you realize that I need something greater than my husband, I need something greater than my career. I need help from God. But you see, God gave us power. God, the word power is not a 40, it comes from the word dunamis. You know what they do to test a car or a truck's power? They put them on something called a dyno. Uh, dyno me, dynamometer, dynamometer. Dynamometer, right? It's like tongue twister, dynamometer. But they don't say that. They just say dyno because otherwise they get confused like I just did. Oh, the dyno. And they put this car or truck on there and they rev it up and it measures 
the power that's inside of that car or that truck. But you know that when we measure the power that's inside of us, let's not look to measure our power, but God's power. He said that power is in us. What do you mean power to do? Power that raised Jesus from the dead. Power that brought Jesus and set him at the right hand of God the Father. Power even to lay hands on the sick and they would recover. There is power through faith in Jesus and it's for moms. So moms, take God's power. It'll give you help. It'll give you help. And uh, moms, the Bible says he gave us love. He gave us love. You know that with moms, there's always hope. Moms give kids hope. Like this man said, uh, you know, I was, thought I was a failure, so it was until my mom said, I don't think you're a failure. And so he said, Mom, that, that made me feel better, so I quit my dead-end job and moved in with my mom. <laughs> the Bible says that moms give kids hope, but God gives moms hope. The Bible says, you know, that moms, they, 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 they go above and beyond the call of duty. You, you remember reading about Moses? There was a, basically a death warrant on all male children passed out by Pharaoh. And the Bible says that a woman conceived in Exodus chapter 2, and it said she bare a son. And when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months and when she could no longer hide him she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein and laid it in the flags by the river's brink you know we don't read anything about dad in there right but that mom's like they're not going to take my son you know they come for my son they're going to get the frying pan why because the love of a mother for her children is something that others don't understand but you see that god has a love for us that many people don't understand. There is a love that came from Jesus Christ. The Bible says if we can get faith into our lives, we can get God's power. But there's more than that for moms. There's the hope that comes through God's love. Sometimes like, preacher, how is this going to work out? The Bible says in Romans 5, by whom also we have access by faith unto this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. You know, God gives us hope. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. This is hard to do, moms. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience. <laughs> but don't stop there. And patience, experience. And experience hope. I think my kid is like our fourth kid, right? She's really our first kid, but we're older. So little stuff, it doesn't get our attention as much, right? We don't have four kids, but it's like... Eh, eh, whatever. You know, it's like, she's up past her bedtime. Eh, whatever. Is she drinking coffee in the morning? Yes, sometimes. Why? Because she's like our third kid. What? We got some experience with other people's kids. We don't get all fried and frazzled. Why? It's going to work out. The Bible says, and experience hope. That God gives us hope. Why? And hope maketh not ashamed. Because what? The love of God. Moms, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Why do you have hope, preacher? Everything's falling apart. Christ died for the ungodly. The Bible said, for scarcely for a righteous man one will die. Yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God, you know that God showed his love toward us, not when we were good, but while we were yet sinners. The Bible says that Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Now that was by his death. But then Paul said, wait a second, if that's by the blood that he died on Calvary through, it said, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled when you're right, when your life is given to God, 
we shall be saved by his life. You know that God's love gives us hope. There was a, uh, a mother and a... F- uh, my mother and father-in-law never met my daughter because they moved away. Preacher, they moved away. Can't they write? <laughs> Can't they do FaceTime? No, you see, they moved away to a place called heaven. They left this world, but they were Christians. And I'm not saying that because it's my mother and father-in-law. I watched their life. They love Jesus. They serve Jesus. And so I told my wife, and she goes, well... My parents never got to meet our daughter. And you know what I told my wife? Hey, but we have an opportunity that other people don't have. She can meet him. She has an opportunity. If she gives her life to Jesus Christ, there's hope. That, you know, some people, well, you know, I, let, me, let me share this illustration. There was this uh, a, a missionary com- couple that came back from Africa. This is an old, you know, old illustration. And I believe Teddy Roosevelt had come back from his big safari in Africa, you know. So the president's there and all these bands are there and everyone's there to greet the president and all this fanfare streamers. And uh, so the ship comes in and all these people are there and there's all these crowds there. And here comes this little couple from Africa. They had endured a hard time in Africa. Not a person was there to meet them. Not one. And one of the missionary couple turned to their spouse and said, no one's here. Not even a person is here to meet us. And the spouse said, we're not home yet. You know that there's a, there's a, the song that says some call it heaven, brethren, I call it home. See, when you get to heaven, you might say, well, preacher, it's going to be a bunch of strangers. I'm going to walk in like Leo with my thumb up. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? Hey, hey, Luan. Hey, Mike. That's my in-laws. Hey, this, I know people up there. That's my people. Have you ever heard people say, oh, that's my people? You know what? I'm going to start to know more people up there than I know down here. But you see, mom, God can give you hope because the love of God that saved you, it's the love of God that's gonna keep you. Take God's love, it'll give you hope. You know that moms won't let you go, but Jesus won't let you go. There's a, there's a song that says, Jesus got a hold of my life and he won't let me go. Jesus got a hold of my heart Got a hold of my soul. I used to be oh so sad. But now I'm just free and glad. Why? Jesus got a hold of my heart and he won't let me go. Moms, take God's love. He'll give you hope. Say, well, is this one going to work out? He'll give you hope. And I wonder how many times my mother-in-law prayed for my wife before she got saved. How much did your mom pray for you? You know, prayers work. Say, preacher, it doesn't work. Yes, it does. Ask Lois, ask Eunice, because Timothy came to know Jesus. There's not only help and hope, but there's health for moms. And as my wife comes to the piano, there's health. The Bible says he hasn't given us the spirit of fear. And I remember my wife was sharing this, and I'm going to share this in a bad way, but she remembers, she was sharing when my daughter was young, that she was just afraid that something was going to happen to my daughter. You know, was that right when she was a baby? You know, what if she stops breathing? Moms know about this. Go in and look and see if they're breathing. Yeah, I do that too, but it's not to see if she's breathing. I go in there to kiss her, and sometimes I kiss her a bunch of times just to see if I can wake her up or if she's really asleep. Which she doesn't, with my wife doesn't like that, okay? Because then, anyway, mom has to put her back to bed. But I woke her up last night, just kissing her all over the place. But you know, moms, and uh, my wife had said something like this, if I get this a little bit wrong. She said, God, I gave her to you. She's not mine. What was she saying? My wife began to change her thinking. You know that God gave us a sound mind. And the Bible says that, wait a second, I can't keep her together. I can't make her breathe. But God, the Bible says that no one is able to pluck someone that's in your hand. No man is able to pluck us out of the Father's hand. We're in good hands with God. 
and a sound mind. And so finally, brethren, you ever see a kid say, whatever? Finally, brethren, whatever, whatsoever, things are true. Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, means whatever. Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. What if my kid turns out wrong? What if they turn out right? If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. And notice what Paul said, and especially this morning to moms, take God's self-control in your mind. Take God's peace. It said, those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do. And the God of peace shall be with you. He'll give you peace with the tumultuous times of raising a kid and being a mom in this world. Take God's sound mind. It'll give you health. And I want to close with this because the mission this morning is to the moms. I recently read a quote about a pastor who had a long conversation with someone about becoming a member of his church. And when he was done, the young man said, he's ready to join. The pastor was curious, so he asked him, he said, what did I say that convinced you to join the church? And the young man answered, he said, it was nothing I ever heard you say. It was the way my mother lived. But with heads bowed and eyes closed, that young man had a mom who had God's help, who had God's hope, and who had God's health. Yes, physical health, but moms, God can give you mental health. God can take that stress and the blood of Christ can dissolve it. I know the situation might be there, but we don't have to carry the burden. Moms, Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor. I know that you're heavy laden. He said, I'll give you rest. He said, learn of me. I am meek and lowly of heart. He said, I'll give you rest for your souls. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of love. Excuse me, but of power and of love of a sound mind. The mission, mom, today is to take. It's a gift, right? I just need to take it. I need to receive it. If you're not a mom, you need to receive it too. God's power, God's love, and God's sound mind. You need his help, his hope, and his health. Hallelujah. I was having a great time. Amen. I think her name is Nasada. Is it Nasada? Asada. I was close. I got it. I just need to remove the end. Asada. Asada made it tonight. I mean, it's my first time meeting her. I know she's a friend of Nadine or whatever the case may be. And good to see. Sing a beat. Hey, man. Praise the Lord. And everybody else, all of you. you Steve. Right. Even Steve made it tonight. Man, look at it. Praise God. We're going to have church tonight. Yeah. Come on now. Hey, man. Well, we're going to have church because of Jesus. So, Amen. Uh, it's not because of a man. Uh, a man can't bring revival. It takes the Holy Ghost. Yes. Right. The Holy Ghost brings a revival. Amen. And yeah. I enjoyed the song service. Uh, Brother Patrick, wonderful Amen. job. Amen. And then, then Brother Patterson, Pat, Reverend Patterson came. Amen. And then Reverend Bigelow came. I said, one for the Father, one for the Son, one for the Holy Ghost. Oh, let's roll tonight. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. God's good. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your giving. And tomorrow night is not the final night of revival service. It'll be the final night for me being here. But revival goes on. It goes on and on because we're praying for a move of the Holy Ghost. We're praying for a Holy Ghost revival that will last us and take us all the way to heaven. Either by the rapture or the grave. Whichever come first. Reverend Gaylord used to say, I'm not looking for the undertaker. I'm looking for the undertaker. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Got to be ready, though. How many want to be ready for Jesus? Yes, sir. I want to be ready for Jesus. Yes, Amen. Yes, Praise sir. the Lord. I'd like to read tonight from the book of Mark. So, preacher, you like Mark? Amen. Mark that, will you? <laughs>
Mark chapter 3. <laughs> I've been rehearsing that for a while. Now that's easy. <laughs> Not really, but it did come to mind, though. Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3. I want to begin reading in verse 1. Mark chapter 3 and begin reading in verse 1. And he, speaking of Jesus, and he entered again into the synagogue, and there was a man there which had a withered hand, and they watched him, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day, that they might accuse him. And he saith unto the man which had the withered hand, Stand forth. It means get up. Come on out here. And he saith unto them, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they held their peace. And when they looked around about on them with anger, said Jesus get angry? Oh, yes, it's a holy anger. You don't want Jesus to get angry with you. (laughs) Being grieved for the hardness of their hearts. And he saith unto the man, Stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it out. And his hand was restored whole as the other. And the Pharisees went forth and straightway took counsel with the Herodians against him, how they might destroy him. But Jesus withdrew himself with his disciples to the sea. And a great multitude from Galilee followed him, and from Judea, and from Jerusalem, and from Idumea, and from beyond Jordan. And they round, excuse me, they about Tyre and Sidon. A great multitude, when they heard what great things he did, Amen. came unto him. Mm-hmm. Let us pray. Pastor, would you please stand and pray, sir? Heavenly Father, we ask that you would mark our hearts tonight. Ooh, mark our hearts Jesus. with your grace. Ooh. Mark our hearts with the forgiveness that is mentioned through your blood, which you shed on the cross. Mark our hearts with the truth that, that God is not dead. That he rose three days, three nights after the crucifixion. He's very much alive. He's in this place. Mark our hearts, Lord, with the promises of God that are contained in your word. And most of all, perhaps tonight, Jesus, mark our hearts with the opportunities that we have right here in this place to receive what we need, to act on the Spirit of God moving in our lives. And we give you the glory for all the results. In lives, eternal results, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 I want to use a portion of Scripture, verse 3, part of verse 5, for a text tonight. And it says unto the man which hath the withered hand, Stand forth, stretch forth thine hand. And tonight, I want to preach on a message title. It may not affect anybody here tonight, but just in case. Dry bones come alive. Amen. Dry bones come alive. Amen. Now, some of you are familiar with the account in Ezekiel 37, where God tells the prophet to prophesy to the very dry bones in the valley. It's a large valley with some very dry bones. Amen. I'm not going to read it all, but in verse 3, it says, God said unto him, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, Oh Lord, thou knowest. And verse 4, again he said it to me, prophesy. It means preach. Preach. That's what I'm doing tonight. I'm preaching. Amen. Amen. Preach unto these bones. Amen. Preach unto these bones and say unto them, Oh ye dry bones. Oh ye dry bones. Hear the word of the Lord. Thus said the Lord God unto these bones. Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. So I prophesied as I commend, as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. I'm glad that when the preaching goes forth, there's going to be some noise. Amen. Amen. Something is about to happen. How many want something to happen in their life? Amen. If you hear the word of God, the dry bones that you got in your body, it will come alive. Amen. And it says here, and behold, a shaking. And the bone, you know, it'd be a shaking. You know, shaking away all the sin, shake away the lies, shake away the cheating, shake away the cursing, shake away the fornication, shake away the adultery, shake away being a thief, stealing from God and stealing from stores. I mean, going to be a shaking. How many want to be a shaking? That's what revival is all about, to shake your life up so you won't die and go to a devil's hell. Amen. Amen. 
And the bones came together, bone to his bone. And the end result, I'm not going to go through it all, but the end result is that Ezekiel spoke as God commanded him. The dry bones came alive. Verse 10. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived. They stood up upon their feet, exceeding great army. Dry bones came alive. Oh, hallelujah. I thank God tonight when Jesus touches your life, you can come alive. Amen. Alive, alive, alive forevermore. My Jesus is alive and I'm alive with him. Amen. Now observe in our Bible setting where Jesus, who was also called the Son of Man and yet Savior of the world, was in the synagogue. He was in the synagogue. We call it house of prayer, the church, the public place of worship. You know, Jesus believed in going to the house of worship because the Bible said he again, he came again to the synagogue. He was not just a hit and miss type of guy. You know, some people hit and miss. They're here one day and they're gone for a few days or gone for a month. But I'm glad when I got saved, I'm not a hit and miss Christian. I used to be a hit and miss Christian before. A hit and miss uh, so-called Christian. Hypocrite. That's what I was. Phony. I show up in church, man. Show I got my nice clothes on. Well, what girl is here tonight? What girl can I look at tonight? Oh, yeah, she looks nice. Let me tell you. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think I'm going to try to slip and get her number. No more of that garbage. No more of that junk. Amen. I got saved. I got saved. We're not chasing skirts. Amen. Come on. Come on. By the grace of God. Amen. 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 Go ahead. Chasing skirts, chasing pants, too. Whatever you want to call it. But Jesus believed in going to the house of worship. Amen. If you don't like coming to church, or if it's a chore instead of a joy, mm-hmm. then you dry. Mm-hmm. You dry. Ooh. I mean, you dry. You, you need to take a trip. Mm-hmm. Take a trip. What, preacher? Mm-hmm. Take a trip to the well. Mm-hmm. That never runs dry. Mm-hmm. Amen. You need to go to Jesus, the well of life. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Yeah. Blessed is the man that trusted in him. He said, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. That means a constant flow of power, a constant flow of joy, a constant flow of peace, a constant flow of love, a constant flow of victory. Amen. Yeah. If your relationship with Jesus has dried up, you're in the right place. At the right time. To be revived. To come back to life. To come back to life. You know revival. Also is a rebirth. Of a desire. For spiritual things. You know we get dried up. Because we don't pray. We get dried up. Because we don't read our bible. We get dried up. Because we don't come to church often. We get dried up. Because we don't tell others about Jesus. Right. If you pray and read your Bible, amen. amen. If you come to church, if you tell others, I guarantee you, you won't be dried up. You're going to stay alive, amen. You're going to get energized. Amen. You're right. Amen. First of all, let's look at Jesus. The great physician meets a man with a withered hand. Now, in Luke chapter 6, it says it was his right hand. You know, the hand that you stretch out to receive. Not only it's also used, as we know, we use it for greeting. We use right hand of fellowship or whatever. We use it as a sign of authority also. It's not only that, it's a sign of, okay, you got a deal. Mm. You know, years ago, you could shake hands with somebody and say, you got a deal. The deal is sealed. It wasn't no right anything. The deal is sealed. But nevertheless, the right hand. But whatever the case may be, in Mark chapter 3, verse 1, the Bible says, Jesus entered again in the synagogue, and there was a man that had the withered hand. Now, withered, withered meaning no moisture, shriveled, dried up completely. Unable to use. The man, the one, one man said it like this. One preacher said it like this. He could have had it or gotten it from maybe a form from a stroke. I don't know. The Bible doesn't say. But whatever the case may be, it was withered and dried up and he couldn't use it. This describes the state of the church at times. We can get spiritually dried up. Amen. I said spiritually dried up. We can get drained. Now, God's not going to drain you. You say, but preacher, we didn't have so much church, I wouldn't be so drained. 
but you can spend hours on your telephone. Come on. You can spend hours on Facebook Come or on. YouTube or talking to somebody or going to the store and going to the mall. You don't get drained from that. Come on. Only thing drained is your money. Come on. You said, man, I should have stayed at home. I had some more money. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. As a matter of fact, talking about money, and I know no, no one here do that, does this, uh, you know, go to the casino, but this is funny. This is funny. You know, I, I've been staying in this hotel past three years. I've been come back here three years. And uh, so I'm at this hotel, Hampton Inn up here, and so I go walking by the river, go walking by the river. So I'm walking one day, and I'm just uh, so happy to talk to this guy. You know, so I'm walking and just started talking and everything, and started talking about God and church. He said, yeah, I'm going over here to see my girlfriend. Maybe... He told me he was going to see his girlfriend first. So I'm going over here to see my girlfriend. I said, oh, okay. I said, where's she working? Oh, at the casino here. I said, casino? Where's the casino at? He said, that's the casino. I said, that's the casino? Yeah. I said, man, I didn't know that was a casino. I could have went in there and got me a Coke or something. I didn't know that, but play some slot. Anyway, I really didn't know it was a casino. And it was so funny because it didn't look like, it doesn't look like a casino, but I don't know what, how a casino should look anyway because I don't go to it. Come on. Because the long story short, one time I was traveling to Portland, I was getting tired, and I said, I need some Starbucks. I need some Starbucks. And so the GPS said, go over here, go here, go there. And I was at the gas station, said, no Starbucks. And the GPS said, no, go over here. And I looked over, I said, man, is that a hospital? What is that? It's a hospital. I mean, look, it really. We had all this big, this big high level and everything, big parking lot, almost like a stadium. And I said, wow, what is this? And I saw people coming out with white boxes. I said, white boxes? Man, they giving out cheese today or what? I don't know. But anyway, so I'm, I'm come walking in. I'm come walking in. And as soon as I walked in that building, I saw all these slot machines. I said, oh, God, a Holy Ghost field preacher just walked in the casino. And the, and the man, I was startled. And the man, the attendant was right there. He said, Sir, may I help you? What are you looking for? I said, uh, Starbucks. <laughs> and he said, uh, he said, it's right over there. I'm still sort of shocked that I'm in this place. And so I said, well, I'm here now. I may as well get my Starbucks and get out of here. And so I got my Starbucks and I'm rushing out. I started laughing. I said, oh, God, I can't believe I went to a casino. And as I'm laughing, this old lady was walking in the casino. She said, hey, did you win? I said, ma'am, I didn't even know it was a casino. I don't even gamble. She said, good for you. But just because we're in church, it doesn't mean that we're spiritually alive and complete. But we're in the right place to become complete. Because we have need of something. And we don't want to be like the church or lay out a seal. You know, they became so blind. Like, we have need of nothing. But Jesus said, you're blind, you're wretched, and you're naked. Because, you know, they were all engrossing about themselves and making money and all this, whatever the case may be, got lukewarm. It became lukewarm, and God doesn't want to be lukewarm Christian. God doesn't want to be straddling the fence. You know, some people like straddling the fence. I know you try to straddle the fence, you're going to hurt yourself. Yes. Try it for a long time. You're going to hurt yourself. So it's better to get on the right side and say, God, I know what's right, but sometimes we don't want to do what's right. We got that pride in us. I know what's right. I know I should be doing this. I know I should be being submissive to my husband. But I don't want to. Well, whatever. I'm not here to give you a marriage class. But the Bible tells us. Amen. And not only that, husband got to love their wives. Amen. Amen. Yeah. It's not it's not just husband going on, you better listen to me and do this and do this. No, 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 it's not that way. That's why some people don't get stay married. Mm-hmm. Amen. Come on. Should yeah. be a team effort. Yeah. Team effort. Yeah. She's there to help your life get better. Yeah. You're not there to make her life miserable. <laughs> Come on now. Come on. That's what some men do. They make their wives' lives miserable. They're like dictators. Man, let me move on. Thank you, Jesus. Help me, Lord. Oh, we're in revival. We're in revival tonight. God, help us tonight. Help us, Jesus. I'll make sure you get out safe, sir. Please. Please. I got my food in the car. I just need to get out there and get it. Sister Patterson gave me the food. I don't know if she may want to take it back after this. I don't know. But this man was in the house of God with a need. He wasn't able to greet people with his right hand. He wasn't able to lift up both hands. He wasn't able to just clap his hands. 
Because you know there are scriptures in the Bible where it says, listen, in Lamentation chapter 3, verse 41, it said, let us lift up our hearts with our hands. Yeah. With our hands unto God in heaven. Your hands should be going up in the air when you come to church. Yeah. Amen. Going up in the air. Come on now. Let your hand go up in there when you want to point. You better listen to me. Once you slip those hands up and say, oh, God, I need your help. Amen. Yeah. I surrender, yeah. Lord. Pick me up, Jesus. Yeah. I need you. And then there's a scripture in the Bible where it says, in Psalms 47, verse 1, it said, oh, clap your hands. Oh, oh ye people. Shout with the voice of triumph. Clap your hands. Come on, that's what those hands are made for. Clap your hands, all ye people. I'm not going to clap my hands. I guess y'all want to clap. What do I want? Bible says in verse 2, I'm going to give it a wrap this up. I'm going to try to anyway. They watched him. They watched him. Whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day that they might accuse him. That word watch, that word watch here means to inspect alongside that is insidiously. That means in a gradual and subtle way but with harmful effects. We're going to try to get him. We're going to get him. You know, doing it subtly, deceitfully. You know how people are. Amen? Amen. They watch him. I'm glad tonight we're not here to find fault. Amen? Amen. We're not here to throw stones. But we're here to receive something from God, from Jesus Christ. For our souls, so we can get better. How many want to get better? B-I-G, better, better in God. Amen. I want to stay the same. I want to get big. I want to get better in God. Every day, God make me better. You know, sometimes when you pray that way, God begin to show you, you ain't got it. You need me to help you. Amen. Amen. God will show you. I mean, God begin to show yourself. You, you pray that, say, God, I want to get better. I really don't want to get better. I want to get wiser. I want to get stronger. Say, so you really do. You really do. Let me show you something, buddy. You got this problem. I say, oh, God. God, that's painful. But you want to get better, don't you? How many want to get better tonight? Amen. Amen. But here, let's move on. Jesus gave a command to the man with the withered hand. He said it to the man. Are you playing tonight? Are you singing tonight? Come on, you come on over me. I'm going to rush. I'm not, not that I'm going to rush through it. But I'm just about there. Jesus gives a, a command to the man with the withered hand. Verse 3. And he said unto the man which had the withered hand, Stand forth. 
Amen. Arise. That means arise and stand in the midst. Don't just stand up. You know? huh. No. Come out here. Stand forth. Hmm. Be seen. Hmm. You know, some people don't like coming down to the altar. I can't come down to the altar. Preach like my knees are bad. That hundred dollars up on the ground guarantee you not your <laughs> <laughs> knees are bad. Yeah, I know how knees are. We'll find how bad your knees are. We'll find how bad they really are. Hello? You know you will. We all been there. Amen. So don't be a proud. Just keep down and get out of your seat. Come down to the altar. You say, Well, I got the Holy Ghost. Have you spoken in tongues? If you don't have it spoken in tongues, you don't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's right. Because the Bible says in the, in the book of Acts chapter 2, verse 4, they began to speak in another language as the Spirit gave them the utterance. And when you get the Holy Ghost, you're really going to come alive. You're not going to be dead, amen. You're not going to be dragging your feet, amen, serving God. You're going to come alive. You're going to get some energy, amen. You're going to get some excitement about you. The Holy Ghost will begin to work in your life. And that's what you need tonight. You need to get the Holy Ghost. You need to get the Holy Ghost. You need to say, God, I need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm dried up. I'm dried up. I'm here tonight, but I'm dried up. Jesus said, arise, stand in the midst. Let everyone see you. Now for someone that's all cautious or a little careful about their need, they won't come out. But Jesus told that man to come on out. Mm. You know, there are times we got to step out of our comfort zone. Amen. We got to get out of our comfort zone and come to the faith zone. Mm. The faith zone. Mm. And get down on your dry prayer bones. Mm. You know, you say, well, I, I'm trying to get them. Well, if you start kneeling, they mean oil in me. Get some oil that you need, amen? You may be able to move them a little bit better, amen? If you need healing for your body and your soul and your mind, you need healing yes. for your Do you need healing? Do you need healing for your mind? Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's the mind. That's what the devil works on us at, right yes, here in sir. the mind. Yes, sir. He messes with us. Yeah. That's why we need to call on that name, Jesus. Yeah. Let Jesus help us, Amen. Because it will, all of us go through it. Don't matter who we are. I go through it. The preacher go through it. There's things we got to fight. We got to resist. We got to rebuke. So I rebuke these thoughts in the name of Jesus. Amen. I don't want these thoughts. God, this is not right. I rebuke this thought. God, I know, you know, if you're married, if you're married, say, I know my husband love me. If you're in the husband, say, I know my wife love me. I know my wife is not trying to cheat on me. And it's the devil goes around and tell you your wife is trying to cheat on Now she's out there flirting with men. She might be trying to cheat on you. But I'm glad tonight that Women don't flirt. True women, true women, true women don't flirt with other men. And true men, true men of God, don't just flirt with other women. Because there's a respect. Yes. It doesn't matter whether you're single or married. There should be that respect for the opposite sex. You know, Jesus had to deal with the Pharisees. And he was angry, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there because I don't believe anybody here is a Pharisee. I don't believe you're here to be finding fault. I really don't. I don't think you're here to find fault, to throw stones. I believe you're here because you want something from God. Amen. You want your life to be better. You want it to be changed. You don't want, you don't want to stay the same. And God wants to help you tonight. And sometimes we got to just listen to the command that Jesus gave. This man said, come forth. Stand forth. And then when he came forth, he said, stretch forth thy hand. Now listen, now this man was, was probably undoubtedly paralyzed. He was dried up. And I like how one preacher put it. This man had to put forth some effort. Because his hand was, he couldn't lift it. And maybe he had to do this. I don't know what he had to do. Maybe he had to just do some effort, put, trying to push it up or whatever the case may be. I don't know. But whatever the case may be, Jesus told him. Jesus didn't take him by the hand to do it. He gave him the command. You see, faith without works is dead. He could have said, I can't believe, I can't do it. But because Jesus called him to do it, he knew that he could do it. Amen. And so that man stretched forth his hand. And the Bible says it was restored and made whole. Hallelujah. Oh, what a miracle. The dry bones came alive. And tonight, church, that's all we need to do is put forth that effort. Say, preach, I need to be saved. Put forth that effort and stretch forth your hands to God. God, I'm a sinner. God, I'm a sinner. Forgive me for my sins. Cleanse me. Make me whole. God, I need the Holy Ghost. I need the Holy Ghost. I remember 
over in Glendale, over in Glendale, Arizona. My first revival was a lady named Jessica. Jessica came down to the front, a lot of large room area, and man, she was praying. Her husband was there praying too, but he didn't, he didn't, I don't think he stayed, but she kept there. She stayed praying. Amen. And she was praying for the Holy Ghost. And she was praying for maybe, I want to say at least 20 minutes or maybe wow. 30 minutes. She prayed. I went on there prayed with the pastor. Hall and sister all went on there praying for her. She got her hands up, stretched forth to God. She had already been made alive from her sins. Amen. Now she wanted power. Mm. And she kept praying and she didn't give up. And as she was praying, she received the Holy Ghost. Wow. With the evidence of speaking in tongues, she got the Holy Ghost. It didn't come like that, but she kept praying. And then there was a young boy, just past, young teenager. My heart is for the youth, because I know they need the Lord. Yes. They need the Lord. And they had a bunch of youth. They were in church that night. They were in church. And uh, they came, revival after revival, and they would get filled with the Holy Ghost. And someone would go back, they're still going on for God. Amen. Still praying in the Holy Ghost, still on fire for God. The young people, you see the young people of the future. These young people, the future, they need the gospel. They need to know. There's a longing in their heart. I mean, when I was eight years old, it was like a longing. I want to know God. Mm. I remember this young man. He's maybe 15, 16. I can't remember how old he was. But he came to the altar. And I said, what do you want? What do you want God to do? He said, I want the Holy Ghost. Mm. I want the Holy Ghost. Yes. I said, well, ask God to forgive you of your sins. He was a young, this is a young guy, but he's in church because he wants something from God. And I said, once you say, forgive me, cleanse me, now lift up your hands. He began to stretch forth those hands. And as he stretched forth his hands, his name is Tashan. Tashan was there praying at the altar, praying and seeking God. And God just fell on me, filled him with the Holy Ghost. I seen a young boy, maybe eight years of age. He was praying. He said, God, fill me with the Holy Ghost. Give me the Holy Ghost. Nobody was praying with him. He was at the altar. God, give me the Holy Ghost. He got the Holy Ghost. Yes. And I believe Jesus uses children at times. He said, why bring the children? I guarantee you, children, they'll come to this altar. And they'll seek God. Why don't we as adults, grown up, why don't we do it? See, you gotta have a childlike faith. See, if you don't have a childlike faith, how are you gonna enter to the kingdom of God? You gotta have that childlike faith. They say, you know what? I'm just gonna come tonight. I'm gonna come and I'm gonna believe God and I'm gonna be revived. Tonight, as you stand to your feet, as the pastor come to invite you to the altar, God loves you. You see, I can share more. But I believe right now we're at the point where God just wants you to come. So I'm going to turn it over to the pastor. On Monday, I went with someone to the hospital. And uh, you signed in, and then guess what? Every once in a while, a nurse would come out, and they'd call a name of someone, and they'd get up. And they'd go over, and they'd take them back to the doctor. You know what? Sometimes it's like that coming to the house of God. You put in your prayer. You filled out your information. You've already talked to God about it. And then you come to the house of God, and it's like God calls your name. He's like, you, you, you. Jesus. And he knows already what you need. You've already talked to God. What he's doing, he's getting ready to do a procedure on you. And he's being able to fix that thing that you need fixed, to heal that thing you need healed. You know, there's a song that said, you're in the right place. It's the right time. God is moving by his spirit, and you're the next in line. You know what? God's got your number, but he's calling your number. And you know what? Tonight you need something from God. Why don't we stand forth? Let's let's find a place to pray. These altars are open. God's called your number. Why don't you come up? Why don't you come up and say, God, I heard it. I heard my number. I heard my name. I'm going to come up and I'm going to receive from God. You know, God's still filling with the Holy Ghost. God is still filling men with power. Say, preacher, but I was filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, maybe you need to speak in tongues. And build up your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Maybe you need to let that flow. To break that blockage again in that drain. And say, God, I need you to pray through me again. To clean me through and through. Lord. 
Father, I give you the glory tonight, God, that you know what? God's got your number. God's got your number. God can touch you in anything that you need. You know what? You need something from God tonight? God's already given you the opportunity. All you've got to do is just speak that prayer to God and then receive. You need to receive the Holy Ghost. Brother, God offered it. It's a gift. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is a gift. All you have to do is speak in Jesus' name and God will answer your prayer. Save, He'll answer. Heal, God still heals. Preacher, my healing. I need a healing in my mind. God can heal your mind. Will you ask Him? Will you stand forth? And you got to stretch. You know, sometimes we have to stretch our faith. Jesus said, stretch forth your hand. Just like that. But it's impossible. But if Jesus said it, I just want to do it. And let God move in God's way. Stretch forth your hand. And He stretched it forth. And that withered hand became whole. Like the other one. I bet they went right up and praised God. Because God is still moving.
Continue praying. Get what you need tonight from God. Don't give up. Just keep on praying tonight. Let God meet your needs tonight. Continue to reach out. Continue to cry out his name tonight. Let God meet your needs tonight. Whatever it is that you have need of tonight, whether it be a touch in your body, whether it be a healing, whether it be the Holy Spirit, whether it be the salvation tonight, continue to seek God, Christians. Continue to seek the face of God to get your need met tonight. God is here to meet your need. Keep praying, church. Keep praying. God is here. Father, we thank you tonight, God, for your goodness. Father, we thank you tonight for your mercy and your grace, God. God, we thank you tonight for each and every one of your body, God, with their needs. God, we just pray right now that you continue to speak to the heart and the minds of men and women that are here, God. They come here tonight with a need, God. We pray that's right now, God, that you'll meet that need, God, that you would touch that heart, that you would touch that soul, that you would touch that body, God, that you would save that person that needs salvation tonight, God, that you would fill with your Holy Spirit tonight, God. And we'll praise you, God, and we'll worship you. We'll give you thanks tonight, God. Thank you, Jesus. Have your way in the service tonight. Have your way in the service tonight, God. Meet the needs. Have your way in the service tonight, God. God, you are so worthy of our praise, God. You're so worthy of our thanksgiving tonight, God. We worship you. We praise you. We give you thanksgiving tonight, God. Have your way in the service. Have your way. God is so good. Why don't we just slip up our hands and we're going to dismiss in prayer. Thanking God. God is so faithful. God is so good. God, we glorify you, Jesus, for answered prayer, for saving men and women, for filling with the Holy Ghost. God, you still fill with the Holy Ghost. Your word is still alive. Your word is still available. Your word is still a guarantee. It's under warranty. God, and we're thankful for your goodness and power and your breath and your blessings tonight. In Jesus' precious name. And the church said, Amen. Amen.